Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Eleanor Blazy, and you are on Lunchtime Talk. Today with me is a very special guest, guidance counselor, Mr. O'Connor. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. What inspired you to become a guidance counselor? So I had a, a kind of a non-traditional approach to becoming a guidance counselor in that when I went to college, I got a degree in finance, and I worked in business initially. And I really found the work not particularly fulfilling and was starting to look for other things that I might could pursue for a career. And while I was thinking about education, someone mentioned guidance, and the more I looked into it, the more appealing that seemed as a career. Yeah, so today I want to talk to you a little bit about school. So how do you build the trust with the student to make sure that they feel comfortable sharing information with you? I, I think a lot is getting exposure to them. Uh, unlike a teacher who will see their students every day, we don't see them uh, as frequently. So we have a curriculum through guidance where freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year, we'll have time built to meet with them. I think being available to students is important. I always tell students that they can send me an email to set up times to meet. Uh, through Calendly, they could set up appointments, or they could just stop by. Um, and then I think being uh, dependable. You know, uh, trust is, is earned through a relationship, and that takes time. And um, I think when people see that you have their best interest at heart and that you're a person of your word, I think that goes a long way to developing relationships and building trust. And how do you make sure this information shared to you by a student remains confidential? So when a student comes to talk to me, um, it's there is a somewhat confidentiality. If, so, if a student talks to me and there are concerns about harming themselves or others, at that point, um, it cannot remain confidential. And, and I'm very honest and upfront with students about that. Um, when students do come talk to me, though, if it doesn't fall into that area, that is between them and me, unless they are comfortable with me sharing that information. Sometimes I've had students come to talk to me and want it to be confidential, but then as we talked about it, they realized it might be helpful to get their parents or the teacher involved in that conversation to try to, to try to rectify what the problem is. Yeah, sounds good. And how do you think this pandemic, like the situation that we're in, has impacted the student, like students' um, social and emotional well-being? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think the number one thing is the unknown. Um, none of us alive have really ever experienced anything like this. And in my 25 years as a guidance counselor, um, the past two years have been um, complete learning on the fly on how to handle things. Um, those unknowns go from um, basically a year ago at this point, um, where we're going to be returning to school. Um, people have concerns and questions about their health and the health of loved ones. Um, people were worrying about college, about SATs. Um, so that unknown part was really hard, and it was impacting everybody at the same time. It also could be a very isolating time where um, students were home. And then even when people were coming to school last year at the hybrid, only here for half the time, really not be able to uh, eat lunch or interact with friends the way they normally would. And even now, we're still wearing masks. So I, I think those are things that have all been a challenge. But I, I've really been very impressed by the resiliency that, that most CCHS students have shown during this time. Um, and, and hopefully the worst is behind us. And how have like, you as a guidance counselor been trying to help students facing difficulties during this time? You know, I, I, I think it's just it's availability. It is making sure where students know that they can come down to meet with me. Uh, I found during, um, during COVID, when we were right really in the thick of it, um, I had a lot of Zoom meetings, and I was doing Zoom meetings from home. Um, I had conversations with students over the weekend. I tried to set up as many groups as I could to try to 
Sometimes I couldn't necessarily answer questions because it was an unknown for all of us. But I think to show that I was there to listen to them and to try to help them where where we could. So, um, and I and I think for the most part that has gone well. Um. So if a student were to come up to you with like this is like kind of switching the gear. Mm-hmm. So if a student would come up to you with like trouble with the like, grades and tests, how would you like, try to help? Or what would your advice be? So you know, I, I think if, if someone was struggling in a class, I think part of it we want to get an understanding of, of the why. Uh, and this is where I think communication is important. Um, the very first thing I'd ask is have they have they been speaking with the teacher um, to get a sense of what maybe they could be doing differently. So. You know, if this is something where maybe they're not studying enough for tests or they're missing homework, like really kind of gather that information there. And then I think we try to talk about, is this the right level for them? Um, sometimes a student may go into a class and it may just move at a too, too fast of a pace for them or they might need support in other areas. Um, you know, I, I think we're very fortunate here at Concord Carlisle. We do have a lot of supports built into it, things like CERC, like MARC, on National Honor Society tutors, after-school homework clubs. So, you know, these are things that uh, are resources that are available to students, and a lot of times they're not aware of that. So sharing that with them can really help them uh, as they're trying to improve in a particular class. Oh, so just something I was thinking of when you are talking about, like, what if the students had a problem with the work? What if it was, like, just a problem between, like, the student and teacher? Mm-hmm. Sure. So we have had, as you can imagine, that does happen. Uh, not often, but it does happen mm-hmm. at times. And what I really try to do is um, I want to hear from the student. I want to hear what the concerns are as specific as possible. Um, sometimes a student may feel like, well, this teacher doesn't like me. Um, and, and that really is, is, it would be an unusual situation, I think. But sometimes there might be some miscommunication or misunderstanding about what, uh, what needs to be done. Um, what I will often encourage students to do if they are having a, a problem with the teacher is to have a conversation with them. But the one thing you're going to hear from me over and over again, I'm a big proponent of communication. The more often people can talk, more times than not, things are able to get resolved. So they can have a conversation with them um, face-to-face. If that's intimidating, oftentimes I'll suggest writing an email, letting letting that teacher know how you feel. And I've even offered to sit in uh, on situations where there might be a problem with the student and the teacher to try to rectify that so it can be a productive relationship going forward. But sometimes kids will come down right away and say, well, I want to have a brand new teacher. And, and that's not always the best idea. You know, sometimes that changes their entire schedule. But it's also, it's a great learning skill, um, you know, in life, in college, in pr- careers. Um, sometimes there may be challenges, but how do we work through those instead of just automatically avoiding them? Yeah. And for like, school and, like, test, how would you, like, if a student had like time management problems or like didn't know how to plan out their tests or like, classes, how would you help? Or what sure. tips would you give? Yeah, so so probably one of the number one things I will see with students is um, at Concord Carlisle in particular, in, in, in general, in, in the, a lot of schools in the Boston area, is they're overscheduled. Um, whether that is academically, whether that is extracurricular activities, sports, um, music, theater, uh, a host of activities. And I will always start and tell everyone that they have 24 hours a day just like everybody else. So how is that 24 hours being used? About seven of it here in school. How much time are you putting in with your extracurricular activities? How much time are you putting in studying and preparing for tests? How much time is it just to be an adolescent and interact with friends or decompress or watch TV? 
So where is that time coming from? Um, things that I have seen for kids that maybe aren't sure is using your time effectively. I might have someone say, well, I did three hours of homework last night. But when we break it down, well, there was a half an hour they watched TV and they were checking their phone every, every five minutes. So it really wasn't that three hours that they thought it was. Um, I, I have recommended to students have a planner. Schedule your time. Schedule your time to prepare for tests and quizzes. So in the immediacy and the long term, you know you have something coming out two or three weeks from now, start planning that in bite-sized pieces. I also think instead of sitting down and just doing three hours of homework, do 45 minutes, take a 15-minute break just to clear your head, to walk around, get something to eat, check your phone then at that point. Like I'd always suggest leave your phone in another room so it's not a distraction. But if you know, okay, after 45 minutes I can take a little bit of a break, it goes a long way than trying to plow through three or four hours. Um, and again, limit distractions as students have this. Now, there are times when I think kids, when they're overscheduled, I think we have to look at um, what might have to give. You know, might it be too many classes? Might it be too many activities? And then those, I think, are choices that students and families have to make. Um, there's, a, there's a feeling that doing more is always going to be better, but I, do, um, you know, I, I don't want people to look at high school as just a means to an end. It should be something that they enjoy. And if they're not getting sleep or, or getting themselves really upset, I think we want to look at that and, and what might be a better approach. And so speaking of like high school and how people think that like that's, that's where you have to cram everything. So when do you think students should start thinking about college? Um, so uh, this is kind of, I'll answer this two ways. I think there's, they, most kids are probably thinking about college in some capacity when they get to high school, if not before then. And um, what I think is good about that is um, to challenge yourself, to, to take challenging classes, to try to get the best grades that you can, to be involved in activities, um, not just, not like to me when it comes to activities, it's not so much to do 10 different things, but sometimes to do a few things and show a nice commitment to it in growth and leadership opportunities over that time. Um, what we do as a school is we really look um, you know, freshman year is let's get used to high school. You're coming to a brand new place. People have come from numerous other, um, other middle schools and let's get acclimated to high school. Okay. Sophomore year, we start thinking a bit about the future. One of the things we're going to be doing with the sophomores, um, I think next month we'll start is, um, talking about youth science, which was something that many of you did, um, back in the fall in which you start finding out about where your interests and skills are and what careers could be consistent with that. Junior year is when we really start the process. At that point, their students have taken PSATs. They're more than halfway through their high school career. Starting in December, we, have, um, we start our junior seminars. We have two meetings then with them to introduce them to SCORE, which is a computer program we use in the college process, and kind of give them an overview. And starting next week, we are going to resume meeting with all of our juniors for the next four weeks for junior seminars to answer really a host of issues uh, of questions. And then senior year, when students come back, we will have about four or five senior seminars. And that there is really um, crossing the T's and dotting the I's for the applications, helping kids finish it off. So I think it's a good idea to have a general idea about it. But I don't think, um, as a freshman or sophomore, that, that students should necessarily be obsessing about it. And what activities can a person do at home o over the summer to get ready for college? You know, to me, I look at it's not so uh, it's to do things that you like and enjoy. There's a feeling out there that, well, here's what the colleges are looking for. 
And uh, one of the best ways I heard it described, um, colleges aren't so much looking for well-rounded people as they're looking for well-rounded classes. So if you have a real passion for music and you're involved in the band here and you do music outside of the school and you, uh, you meet with a teacher to improve your skills in that area, that looks great. If you participate in a sport and you move through the uh, JV to varsity level um, and, and you do camps over the summer, that's great. If you're someone who really likes um, working with animals and you want to volunteer at a shelter over the summer, those are all great things. We're trying to give them a picture of who you are as a person. And so that's why I think it's all about authenticity. Um, I think people need a little downtime over the summer. Like I don't, I, I don't think every <laughs> moment should be scheduled. But uh, one of the things we've seen a lot too is, is having jobs. Um, you know, so many kids, um, it, it seems now, are looking to do all different volunteer. But someone who has a job and is able to, to work so many hours a week and take responsibility for some of their expenses, uh, that can be very impressive when it comes to colleges. So, Fan, do you have any final words of wisdom or advice for students? Yeah, you, a couple things. One um, is, again, I said, speak up. Have conversations here. We're very fortunate um, that we have a, a phenomenal group of teachers here. Uh, and unlike most high schools, most of our teachers teach um, four classes a day instead of the traditional five. So that means they're available, and they're available to meet with students, and they're here before school and after school. One, while we have an excellent group of teachers, they're not mind readers. So if there are questions or concerns, have a conversation with them. Second, I would say get to know your guidance counselor. Get to have a relationship to come down to meet. Sometimes it's a matter of just popping in and saying hello. Um, you know, This is all about building relationships. Unlike teachers, who you may have a different English teacher every year, in general, you stay with your same guidance counselor. So you know, I think use us there as a resource. We, we are here to help. I like my role is that I don't give grades or homework. I'm not give detention, but I'm someone there that you can listen. Um, and while I can't guarantee I can solve all your problems, we can certainly talk about it. And, and more often than not, we can kind of come up with a plan going forward. Uh, and then lastly, I would say enjoy high school. Um, too many people, as I, as I alluded to earlier, are looking at this as this is getting me ready for the next step. I think it's important to live in the moment. You know, people when they look back over their high school careers, when they get to be my age, they're not necessarily thinking about the tests they took or, or homework assignments they had. They're thinking about the activities they had, the friendships and the relationships they made, and how important that was to them. So, you know, please, um, while it is, be conscientious about doing well, you know, make sure for these four years, these are times you enjoy as well. Thank you so much, Mr. O'Connor, for joining me today, and thank you for listening to my podcast. See you soon. My pleasure.